What? I just I don't understand how she's so busy, and yet so, how she can be so busy and so disorganized. I fuck. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Millennials, man. I don't know. I should. We should have recorded all this and just left it in. It's too bad. <laughs> That's what we usually do when Christy's not here. Is we brag on her. It's true. All right, I'm starting recording. So this this way we'll be quiet and we'll stop ragging on Christy. Maybe, no, we can probably. keep ragging on Christy for no. for being in fucking Punta Cana and yeah, not here recording she's on a fucking for vacation yeah. in like sunny, sunny, sunny Punta Cana, which sounds dirty when I actually say it out loud. Yeah. I never really said it out loud like that. It just sounds gross. Did she go with Mark? I guess she must have, right? I don't know. She didn't, she didn't mention. Uh, no, no Cabana Boys for Christy this time? Yeah, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> To just get Mark to dress up as a cabana boy, I guess, or something like that. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, well, that would be very hairy. A lot of hair on that cabana boy. Very, very hairy. Yeah, yeah. He and All I right. have that in common. Absolutely. All right. I don't. Just... Want, I don't want to think about that anymore. So let's. Uh... Well, you don't want to think about my hairiness? Is that what? What no, did that? I what just, did that? I don't want change? to. Th- I don't want to think about other Mark's hairiness. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Mine's fine though. It's yeah. All yeah good there. Exactly. All right. All it's right, a right. Double, double standard. Hot, hot. Right, I, mean, I like it. I Welcome like back. It. To... I like a little. I like a little hypocrisy in the morning. You know? Yeah, exactly. Good. Welcome back to Dance Robot Dance, everybody. This is our 98th episode. We're going to be talking about the nerdy news of the week and getting into the uh, biggest uh, nerdy movie to be released uh, in the past couple weeks. I am Tim. I'll be hosting this evening, and with me we have Mark. How's it going, guys? And Paul. Oh no, wait. Oh no, wait. So Paul was supposed to be on this episode with us. Christy, we knew wasn't was not going to be here. Oh, I thought you were going to call for Christy next too. Yeah, be like, all right, she's not fucking here either. It's just us again. (laughs) Yep, Uh, Christy is uh, off vacationing slash doing wedding photography for a friend, I believe. So she's in Punta Cana. Enjoying Wedding it. photography with curly fucking quotes, yeah, like quote big unquote. fucking curly quotes. <laughs> yeah, Christy is uh, undoubtedly getting extremely sunburned right now in Mexico. And probably trashed, hopefully <laughs> laid, but like, who knows? Well, I mean, if she like got near alcohol, she'd be trashed. Apparently, that's true. That's true. Too. <laughs> I think there's super just cheap. Yeah, there's just enough alcohol in the air down there, just vaporized that. Uh, <laughs> just makes me want to go on a trip i don't know like i just want to go on a trip now yeah well you're gonna go on a trip we can talk about that but uh sure. paul also was supposed to be on this episode but then yesterday realized that he had booked a trip with his friends that he thought was next weekend but turns out it's this weekend mark and i do not understand how people can live their lo- fucking lives this way <laughs> i i mean it just here's the the end the end result of all this is that we're here for you listener tim and i are always here for you we tim are. fucks off every once in a while i'm always here for you listeners <laughs> mark i am always here yes indeed uh <laughs> so well bef- uh let's get into the news a lot of gaming nerdy news this week and that's for me to pick up and i'm not even you know big gamer guy so they're all pretty big but first one that i wanted to talk about was that the long-anticipated new Pokemon game has been announced for the Nintendo Switch. So this is fucking three Pokemon games have been announced for Nintendo Switch. It was Pokemon Madness yesterday. Yeah. So, so let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee are um, sort of the main kind of franchise. What people kind of know and love as Pokemon games. Uh, those are coming to the Switch November sixteenth. What's the third one? There's like a an, a full on like pokemon like rpg coming out in like 2019 oh yeah was the third one yeah so okay. like there's a huge yeah like a like a mainline 
core Pokemon core game. Pokemon. Is that, okay, yeah. Yeah, I guess Gen 8. I don't know. They haven't actually announced anything yet. E3 is, we're like a week away from E3, which is when all these announcements will like get formalized and yeah. stuff. Right now, it's just like, it's fucking leak central on video game news right now. Like every video game podcast that I listen to or news site that I read has just been like lousy with new news about shit that I'm like, great Pokemon. I almost yeah. care about that. <laughs> When's my fucking Spider-Man game getting here already? I mean, we have a date for that, but like, I just want it now. Yeah. The, the one thing that I thought was pretty fun about these, uh, let's go Pikachu and let's go EV games is, uh, they're also going to introduce a Pokeball shaped controller called the Pokeball uh-huh. plus. So you can like actually kind of like throw your Pokeball to catch your, to catch the Pokemon. So I think that's, that's kind of a fun, uh, fun addition. Yeah, it looks cool. I'm but, sure, like, all the kids will have it. I mean, it's yeah. not something like... I mean, I don't play Pokemon, oh. so fuck that. If, if only our two uh, Pokemon fans on the podcast were here to uh, to gush about this, but they're not. Paul Paul gushed in a chat, like, he and I were chatting before he told me <laughs> that he was going to fuck off and, like, not do the podcast this week. He was, like, going crazy about this Pokemon news, and I was like, well, great, you can talk about it on the podcast. He's like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, Paul, 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 tell us what you think about that, Paul. Paul, Paul, uh, moving on to other big uh, game announcement news. The other next big one that I saw this week was Fallout 76. Now, I've not played any of the Fallout games, but I've seen a lot of chat chatter about them, and they sound like they're a lot of fun and sort of tongue in cheek and uh, have a lot of interesting sort of retro theming and styling and stuff like that to them. I feel like Fallout would be right up your alley, actually, if you were uh, into that kind of... I don't know. If you if you sat down, I think you would like Fallout. It's, it's I'm not FPS, a big right? It's a little too... What's that? It's FPS? Yes, but it's an RPG more than it's like a real shooter kind okay. of thing. It's different. I've only played... I played Fallout 3 on the PlayStation 3, I believe. Not my thing. Too RPG, like too like long form for my particular taste but mm-hmm. i know people like who are fucking crazy about eric i remember it specifically was like when berserk when four came out so yeah yeah um and now people are like all confused about the fucking numbering scheme because we've gone from like what fallout 4 to fallout 76 <laughs> I, I think it's supposed to be based in the year 2176 like right after the fallout like the yeah. nuclear incident that causes fallout happens and it's like an online multiplayer like destiny two-esque kind of fucking like shooter i guess i don't i have no fucking idea i'm not a follow-up player <laughs> so yeah so yep so that happened and then the other yep. big one is uh there have been a, a leak revealed that the name of and setting of the next assassin's creed game it will be called assassin's creed odyssey and it will be set in ancient greece this one i think caught people uh pretty by surprise because it hasn't been that long since the last assassin's creed game so been like wow we're already fucking getting another one so well they had taken they were an annualized series for a long time and they took like a year off and then everybody was like great take a year off because like fucking we're sick of having one of these stupid games come out once a year (laughs) that i've like it's incremental change right so it's never like that different in between so they were like take some time and go build something new and cool Mm. and they put a game out last year called origins i think assassin's creed origins yeah that got really good reviews and everybody who i know who has played it really enjoyed it i have bought it but like it's because it was on sale and it was it's just sitting on my hard drive not having been played yet along with <coughs> witcher and a bunch of other things <laughs> um so so that was the bulk of the gaming news that i saw let's see what else do we have a lot of de- uh, announced departures from various uh things um the biggest and probably longest standing one is that uh 
Andrew Lincoln, who plays Rick Grimes on The Walking Dead, is leaving The Walking Dead, apparently. Nobody really knows quite how, whether his character's going to die or just wander off into the sunset or something like that, but... It's, I think it's Walking Dead. I think we pretty much know what's going to happen to him. Like, you know he's going to get fucked up, right? So. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, is that where they are in the story, he's, uh, I mean, spoiler alert for anybody that has uh, not read the comics, he survives, I think, pretty much until current day in the Yeah, in he's the still alive in the comics. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I, well, I'm at least to the point where the series, the TV show is, uh, and he's definitely still alive at that point. So, but now uh, I think the showrunners are sort of uh, fucking falling all over themselves to get guy that plays Daryl. Fuck, what's his name? Can't remember off the top of my head. No, me neither. You can cut this. Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus. Yeah, Norman Reedus plays Daryl. They're trying to just throw fucking tons of money at him to become the new lead, which would be interesting because he's not a character that exists in the comic book. So they'd have to probably start diverging either have him take over a lot of those story points that uh that rick would would be in normally but they're such different characters and and have such different motivations that i don't know how you do that so i don't watch walking dead anymore and i haven't since like season four um but like i don't really see him being a lead kind of character he seems like that seems like making wolverine the leader of the x-men like it doesn't seem like it sounds mm-hmm. good in theory but then when you actually do it it's like Oh, right. All the conflict's gone because he's not going to take any shit from anybody. He's the badass who kills fucking everything. So, like, who's going to argue with him? Yeah, except maybe when you put him in that role where he's got more responsibility for the other people, then maybe that puts him in some interesting story places. So Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I uh, We'll see, because, like, I, I, I don't know. I've heard the fucking ratings are in the shitter for this year's Walking Dead, in like relatively speaking. So I was thinking, I heard they were going to cancel it the next year or so. So maybe they don't even come back after season nine. Maybe that's just like yeah. Rick dies and that's the end of yeah. the TV show. Because I don't think Kirkman's going to end that fucking comic anytime soon because he's still got all those no. Telltale games they want to make. So Yeah, I mean, I have... I've watched till the end of season seven. I have not watched any of the current season yet, or I think the season's over now at this point. Um, mainly because yeah. it's a show that Alicia and I watch together, and she's just been like, our schedules have been so busy that we haven't really had a lot of time to sit down and watch TV together. I definitely yeah. still want to watch it. I've been watching Fear the Walking Dead as well, and I mean, it, I've heard that's better now. Yeah, it's it got it's gotten a lot better. Um, I mean, I, I'm just a big like horror and zombie fan, so these are both right up my fucking alley. I have a feeling yeah. that that The Walking Dead is losing fans, but from my impression, it's still doing pretty fucking well for a network, you know, cable cable show for yeah. a cable show kind of thing. So, and it's like it's not like a show like fucking Discovery where it needs an insane budget because it's you know you know, it has a crazy probably makeup budget episode yeah Yeah. but and and they're probably spending more on actors than anything you know they're not having to spend that much on effects and shit but uh yeah so i mean per episode it's probably nowhere near like a you know star trek discovery or something like that or well i mean like you can see the money then star trek discovery on the screen for the Mm -hmm. most part like it's a like we haven't actually done an episode about discovery but like i've been enjoying it and like Mm -hmm. it looks like what i want a 2018 star trek to look like I'll have to ask Christy how far along she ever gone in that because I think she started it at least. This is Christy, which means like we're never talking <laughs> about that show unless we have a two man that we need to do right before it starts or something like that. Yeah. The other big departure, which I really don't give a shit about, is that the remake of The Crow lost its star, Jason Momoa, and its uh, director, 
Uh, who was the director? The director was... Fuck me. In the face? Because, all right. <laughs> Corin Hardy uh, the, was the uh, director yeah. that was slated for it. And it's so... I mean, honestly, I think this is just... I don't think this movie really needs to get made. I think that the original is so fucking definitive that there's no fucking point in remaking The Crow. And the fact that they can't get anybody to stay on it probably says like that these people are coming on and being like, okay, we're not really doing anything new here. It's just a rehash. So just fucking let the original stand. And they literally remade it like five times in movies and TV. Like every, every sequel was like the same fucking story over and over again. And they were well, all, it was a worse, pre- yeah, it was a fucking progressively worse version yeah. of the original. Yeah. Fuck. I remember sitting through the third one. I was like, I, I, I very rarely turn movies off cause I'll just kind of tune them out. Mm-hmm. And that I was just, I got about halfway through and was just like, I have no fucking idea what's going on. <laughs> and like, fuck all of this. Like, fuck it all. I'm done. Yeah. I would just give something like that. Like let Rob Zombie do that or something like that. Like get a really like, grungy kind of like horror director to do it yeah. and then like go to town like play it up more play the horror aspect do, yeah it, it, do like it that. yeah like, exactly do a different take on it don't just try yeah. and remake it kind of thing yeah because like that's it, that's very much like a, a place that a movie still holds up like oh, to yeah. a child of the 90s you know what i mean like it's still a good sit even to this day the effects are all relatively practical they look decent mm-hmm. brandon lee is just like imminently charming like i could watch him do that play that role all goddamn day yeah like, even the bad guys who are all, like, complete scumbags are all, like, like, they're all characters that you're interested in at the very yeah. least. You're, like, you want to see them get their, get fucked up because of what they did and stuff. Like, it's a good movie, man. Like, it's a fun movie. It's not, like, I don't know, not The Dark Knight or something like that, but it's, like, it's a good comic book movie, especially back then when we were getting, like, that was Batman and Robin time, so mm-hmm. I'll take the fucking crow over, you know, Joel Schumacher Batman any goddamn <laughs> day of the week. Indeed. I agree. And 100%. Just another couple little pieces here and there. Uh, well, here, this is seems somewhat spiritually related to The Crow uh, and also a very 90s property. We got news about Todd McFarlane's Spawn reboot movie, which apparently will star Jamie Foxx. And I don't know what to think about that one. I mean, Jamie Foxx has done some amazing shit. He's done some fucking hot garbage as well. I don't know that he really gives a shit about Spawn in the least. <laughs> I don't I don't even know why he still wants to make that fucking movie. Like it's been like was it 20 years now since the original came out and the original was a piece of shit. It was. So like it it does it does not stand up at all. It has a pretty good soundtrack and I like uh the John Leguizamo stuff, but Yeah, they got to bring him back. If they don't bring him back, there's no fucking point in making this goddamn movie. Cuz yeah. like especially like old John Leguizamo, I am yeah. in. I am fucking in. Yeah. But yeah, I have no interest in that movie whatsoever. Did you know Todd McFarlane, like McFarlane Toys has the Star Trek license now? Like they're doing the Discovery stuff. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was really interesting. So I was like, I've seen the action figures and like their their prop phaser two was like online and stuff. I was like, oh shit, I'm buying some of that stuff. That stuff looks good. Yeah. So I mean, the McFarlane that. Toys has been like top tier fucking uh, uh, yeah. toys and collectibles and stuff like that for years now. So well, that's what I mean, though. Yeah. So, like, with the Star Trek stuff, like, I'm yeah. probably going to get, like, really high-quality stuff. You know I mean, like, the stuff that we're getting now is bad, but, like... Yeah. Like, McFarlane Toys is, like, the step up from pretty much everything at this point. So. Yeah. I mean, there's there's other brands out there. There's, you know, stuff like the Hot Toys and that kind of thing that are, like, yeah. really fucking premium. But in terms of stuff that's sort of more, like, you know, I don't spend $200 on this kind of thing. McFarlane yeah, yeah, has yeah. always been pretty 
top tier in terms of that like actual consumer grade stuff, not like collectible kind of shit. Yep. And then let's see. I don't even really know what to say about this, but apparently, but being a Disney person, I feel like I at least need to mention it. There is apparently a sequel being made to Maleficent. The, oh, yeah, the what's that? Angelina Jolie. Yeah, the Angelina Jolie movie. I didn't even watch the first one because I've talked on the podcast many times about how I really don't have much time for these live action reboots and reimaginings and stuff like that. But oddly enough, that is one I saw because I am. I like Maleficent, the character from like the original cartoon. Like, I think she's very like, she's their best villain of all time. I think one of, yeah. Yeah. She's a good villain for sure. Yeah. So I like that movie. Like that's one of those ones. Like, I mean, obviously everybody grew up on Disney and like my, my sister and my brother who are both Disney nuts, like they were on all the time. Sleeping Beauty was one that I could sit through almost every time they put it on. Not every time, but almost every time. And mainly because of Maleficent. So I sat down and watched that movie on Netflix. Like, I don't even know, like half a year ago or something like that. Yeah, that was a that was a two or three, uh, like pause and get up and you know <laughs> smoke something and come back kind of sit downs. That was a not a great great movie. It made a shit ton of money though. And it so did. Yeah, it made a, a fuck ton of money, and and it's so it's go. become like a real darling in terms of uh, in terms of sort of Disney fandom as well. So it'll be around for a while, and obviously we're gonna get more movies out of it. That's fine. I always like seeing Angelina Jolie work. I don't have like a problem one way or the other. Yeah. So, if that's what she wants to do, <laughs> go crazy. Uh, and then the only other bit of news that I had is one I probably wouldn't even bring up if Christy were here because I know she would give zero shits. But because it's me and Mark, the Man of Steel miniseries, which is uh, Brian Michael Bendis's first work for DC, where he's sort of reimagining the Superman mythos and sort of the history of the character to some extent first episode of that or issue of that came out yesterday and i read it last night or not yesterday this week anyways and i read it last night and i was pretty happy with it overall i think he's really got the spirit of the character down and look forward to reading more of it um it's getting released over a weekly so i guess they must have it like already all in the can how many issues this uh man of steel miniseries is six issues and then he takes over as writer of action comics late yeah so he's taking the big one over then at this point. Yes. Actually, he takes over both Superman and Action Comics starting in July. Is that all he's doing right now? For now, yeah. He's just on Superman to start just out. Just Superman? Yeah. Cool. So uh, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I will probably pick it up this weekend and give it a give it a read. If Tim's recommending it, I always like, I like Bendis. Whatever that says about me, fine. But like, I've always enjoyed his stuff. Um, and I'm curious to see how he's going to like handle the DC universe because... Writing superhero comics is like its own thing, but I think writing DC and Marvel, especially when you've been ingrained in the Marvel side for mm-hmm. like a decade, that could take some adjusting to because there is yeah. a difference in style overall. Yeah, my, my hope is that this is something he's been sort of thinking about and planning for a while kind of thing. And he's got some Sounds ideas like sitting is. around, you know, and they've been percolating and had time to really develop. And like, that's the impression that I've been getting so far is that this is you know something that he's really put a lot of thought into, not something he's jumping into lightly kind of thing. So, yeah. All right. Did you have anything to add, Mark? Any th- news you saw that? I just like I think we shout out fucking Stuart Eminem retiring. Oh and yeah, gonna go like comic book stuff. Yeah. Like my personal favorite comic penciler of all time, the guy who actually like has sat me down on numerous occasions and like looked at my work and told me that I was shit and like how to improve and stuff <laughs> like that. Amazing illustrator. I uh, worked on. I mean, Next Wave was the one I always go to because it's fucking hysterical and it's Warren Ellis. But like he did work on Superman, Ultimate Spider Man, 
Star Wars recently he was on. He's done huge fucking crossovers. He's one of Marvel's like premier tier kind of artists. Mm-hmm. And he decided he was going to call it quits after doing, I think it was Amazing Spider-Man 800. Yeah, which came, also came out this week. Which came out this week, yeah. It's in my Comicsology pull list to read this weekend, so I'll definitely be giving that a look, because it's nice. It was First of all, it was I didn't know he was retiring. I was just excited to see him fucking doing Spider-Man again, because like, that's the character I kind of associate him with. They refuse to do more Next Wave, and whatever, so... Mm-hmm. Good fucking luck, Stuart, because you're not that goddamn old. I don't know why you're retiring, but you're probably making a ton of money doing like real illustration work as opposed to comic book stuff. But yeah, good on him. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. It was like Mark said, Amazing Spider-Man number eight hundred that he uh, retired after writing, and it, one of his longtime drawing partners, Wade von Graubadger, that uh, announced it. Wade's Wade's inked him. Fuck it, since he got a wall. I'm not sure if you inked him at DC, but he definitely inked him through his entire Marvel run. So I think he did. I think I remember when uh, Eminem was on uh, Adventures of Superman. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Von Grabadger that was inking him yeah. then as well, which is interesting because, I mean, his dynamite art team. Yeah, dynamite well, his, his pencils are so sort of minimal that, and, yeah. and, uh, yeah, that it's, uh, yeah, it must be an interesting, uh, interesting style to ink over. To trace, I've seen his rot thing. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to call what what Wade does tracing because I've seen some of Stewart's pages, and sometimes they get a little messy. He's really good at translating what Stewart's putting down. So yeah. all the power to him. But yeah, that they were they were one of my favorite art teams. Like going, like even the Star Wars stuff. Like I don't give a shit about ancillary Star Wars stuff, as we will probably discuss <laughs> later in this episode. But th- those Star Wars books were fucking beautiful with those two guys doing the art on them. So yeah, uh, yeah. Nice. All right. Well, with that, let's move on to our singular sting geek of the week. Geek, 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 geek. Hey, you, <laughs> and you feel better? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So this is our segment of the show where we recount the nerdiest things, geekiest things that we've done in the past week. What is that for you, Mark? So many nerdy things. I'm unemployed, man. So I got nothing but nerdy <laughs> time right now. So I'm just like playing games and like watching TV. I did finish watching the second half of this season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine because mm. I was flipping through the TV that I have backlogged now. And the only one that stuck out to me is like, yeah, I want to watch that. That wasn't Archer, which is not done yet. So <laughs> not touching it yet. Uh, was Brooklyn Nine-Nine finale like a week or two ago. So I sat through the rest of that solid fucking season. I don't know. I can't understand. I still don't understand fox's reasoning for like i mean i guess the numbers weren't there but the quality was so fucking high even into the end of season five that i'm like why would you fucking cancel this this shows hysterically like, i was laughing my ass off and i'm like wait they canceled this idiots Id- <laughs> fuck fox good i'm glad it's on nbc now where it belongs probably because <laughs> andy sandberg's obviously got long-standing relationships with people at nbc mm-hmm. so that's awesome but man that show you gotta watch that show buddy it's Someday. fucking funny so fucking funny. I did spend some time with comedy today, actually. I watched almost all of the Arrested Development season that dropped uh, today. While I've only working. seen the first two episodes. I was not feeling it at all. It's, I mean, it's not the it's not the same level as Arrested Development has been, but it's still, like, I love Arrested Development so much that yeah. it's still, like, leaps and bounds above most TV out there kind of thing, so... 
I just found that when Jessica Walters wasn't on screen, I was kind of like, I don't really care about any of these. But maybe, <laughs> like, well, maybe, yes, she was pretty funny so yeah. far. But, like, everybody else, I'm just like, man, you people are, path- it's not even, it's not funny how pathetic they are anymore to me. Tobias you know has I mean? some like, really great stuff. Him running out, like, onto the, the beach or whatever while she he, she's monologuing to him <laughs> and shit was fucking good. That was fun. Like, she's, <laughs> she's the best part of the show. She's always been pretty much the best part of the show by a long shot. Her and... Will Arnett, to a certain extent, always kind of kept me in. And there was hasn't been a lot of Will Arnett so far in these first two episodes. No, I haven't been crazy about his stuff this season. But, uh, mm. I mean, overall, it's it's another season of Rest of Development. I'm happy to have it. I'll absolutely get through it at some point because I fucking love, like, Rest of Development. Like, I've watched, I even watched the remix of the fourth season that I did not care for because yeah. I love that show so much. So, I'll get through it eventually. I just have not been in TV mode. And, like, I went for... I went for funny with that I know is going to be funny, and mm. Brooklyn Nine Nine kind of went out because yeah, I don't know. I I just find that show fucking hysterical. So, <laughs> so for me, the geekiest thing I did this week, probably just last night after I got back from a work trip, in the continuing saga of my Frankenstein iPod. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so I uh, the the fucking like hard drive, the SATA hard drive that or MSAT or whatever hard drive that I'd put in yeah. it came unseated so i had to open it up just to get it back into its slot properly uh <laughs> phrasing yeah phrasing and uh when i did that i fucking pulled the battery connector off of the logic board like broke the solders <laughs> so i had to fucking buy a new logic board for my ipod well i say new well yeah, yeah. A, a used a used logic board off ebay for my uh my ipod classic um, and the logic board is like you have to take the whole fucking thing apart. To oh, get I know. To that. Oh, I know. <laughs> I actually, I am. I my fucking hat comes off to you for putting that much work in because for an iPod Classic at this point, I just be like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I'll just buy a really big micro SD card and use my fucking phone. Yeah, which is pretty much what I do anyway. That's why I bought the two hundred fifty six gig phone. Because yeah, and I I could I could do that. Well, my my phone only comes in one hundred twenty eight gigs, so and that won't yeah. fit my music library. And I'm such so fucking OCD about like wanting to have all my music with me. That so maybe in the future, if I can get a phone that's got like two hundred fifty six gigs of storage or something like that on it, then I might pull the trigger. But even that would still be contingent on me being able to like sync that pretty seamlessly with my iTunes library. And I'm not an iPhone guy, so yeah. I was just gonna say you'd have to switch to iPhone for that to be really yeah. thing. The other, only other option is probably Spotify. At that point, is just like sucking that up and then doing it that way. I've been using it like I've been using it a lot because of the other podcast, because of Side A, Side B, to like mm-hmm. because Paul's giving me records that are not necessarily in my collection that I don't always want to like include in my collection <laughs> <Yeah>. long term. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like I'll just I just pick them off Spotify. That really fucked me because Joanna Newsom is not on Spotify, mm. which was like. The primary artist that I'm like, I don't really want this shit on my phone permanently. But anyway, I've I've switched over to using Spotify a lot. So yeah, so. if I'm if I need to stream something, then I'll I, I have Prime membership, so I'll check uh, mm. Amazon Music because they have a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, um, there's very few things that I've been looking for on there that I haven't been able to find. So I don't like that app so far. It's like not I have great. the iPhone version of it, so yeah. I, I I prefer Sp- Spotify is more rea- like more responsive to me so i kind of enjoy that one i fucking hated apple music because that just like yeah fist fucked my goddamn library oh, into yeah. oblivion so i had to go and like all my pearl jam bootlegs got retagged was... <sighs> that's a nightmare i fucking i almost pitched my goddamn rig out the window <laughs> i was so angry that day 
because yeah. I had to go back to the I had to go back to the folder names and like rename everything properly. I was like, this Ugh. fuck my life. I hate it. I hate it. So I was so angry. Anyway, God damn anyway. you, Apple. Yeah. Um, so I was like, fuck that Spotify. This way the libraries are separate. Like, and that's why I re- yeah, that's why I'm hesitant to to you know pull the trigger on something like, and you know an iPhone and Apple Music and everything. I think. But yeah, so I I literally had like my fucking iPod like disassembled down to the bare bone skeleton kind of thing to replace that logic. Did board. you take pictures at least? Because like I've disassembled an iPod Classic before, but never, never to the point where I'm ripping at the logic board. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's no, pretty intense. no. There's there's plenty of videos and stuff online, and honestly, it only ended up taking me maybe forty five minutes or something like that to get oh. it all taken apart and back together. Well, I guess once you've got the back like pre pried yeah. off or whatever, then you're flying. It's that that first time is a harrowing experience. Oh when yeah. you start cracking those back panels off of those fucking things. So. Yeah, no, I I'd already had the back pulled off from when I fucking fucked up the battery the connector. Drive. So yeah. Was, oh right. Yeah, so, I mean, that on its own can take, like, a half hour or some shit to get all those clips undone and not completely fucking destroy the back of it and everything. I just replaced the back on the one, like, so yeah. I, I did it and I like, gave it to my mom. I just, like, bought another back, mm-hmm. just pulled the fucking thing apart, and then just, like, put a new back on when I was done putting, like, new battery SSD, so, got it all seated. So I, I bought another back just in case, and when it shipped to me, it fucking, like, it's legit, like, looks like a real Apple iPod fucking case but it says 512 gigabytes on it i don't know that apple ever made a fucking 512 no. gigabyte ipod classic no so they either never made anything 512 gig i think you can get a ipad pro now that's 512 gigs and i think at one point they made 250 gig ipod classics didn't no. they 160 160 okay so i don't know if this means that like maybe because it looks legit. I wonder if Apple was going to make 512 gigabyte iPods and then it's they not, canceled it's not it or legit. something like that. It's just somebody somebody got a good mold and then did la- like the, did the laser, did the laser etching. Back. It's even got a fucking yeah. like serial number on it though. Yeah, but that's the same. It's the same serial number. On, if you bought three of those, it's the all the same exactly serial number. The same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I prefer I prefer to live in my little fantasy world where, in some alternate <sighs> universe, there's like real one terabyte thing. iPod classics out there. God, I wish, man. I, I'm still looking for like a good like just just to have like a digital digital audio player, not an iPod, because I don't want to fucking deal with like kidding like doing what we've had to do to ipods yeah the iflash stuff and yeah Yeah, i just want i just want a good one that takes like ss like sd cards like that i can put like a terabyte sd card in and just dump a bunch of music on that has a good digital audio converter and that syncs to syncs to fucking itunes i don't even give a fuck if it syncs to itunes i'll use windows to drag and drop files across i have no fucking problem with that my shit's tagged like immaculately anyway so i can just dump the files on and it'll pull properly hopefully but I haven't seen one for less than 600 bucks, and that's before I buy an SD card. So I'm like, yeah. mm, no, not yet. Yeah. 250 bucks, maybe. Yeah. Not that. My, my not problem that would just be in converting all of the like playlists and shit like that over. That would mm. be such a pain, and I, I'd lose like so many years of work putting all that shit together. So every time my phone resets, I have a, I have like playlist like death. So I, I, get, a, I get a little agitated. So yeah. Yeah. Hence, again, Spotify. It's, that's why I like Spotify so much because like everything gets synced to the cloud, so my playlists don't fucking disappear in that app. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, and you can pull from like almost everything except for the tool discography. Yeah, unless you sideload it like ex- I did. Exactly, except for like that one favorite artist of yours. Kind of yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's everybody's got one, right? Yeah, so, I think. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> 
Uh, I'd say that was sufficiently fucking geeky for our Geek of the Week. I think that that discussion right there might have just superseded both of our actual Geeks of the Week. I think I think it absolutely did for me. Yeah, <laughs> all I did was watch Brooklyn Nine Nine and draw a bunch of fucking superheroes and shit. So, <laughs> all right, well, let's move on then to our meat of the episode: Wookie and Lonely Meat. This is fun with you doing it by yourself. Yeah, I, enjoy it. I know. That's that's I hear that a lot actually. Yeah, like when you do by yourself. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this week we are talking about the newest Star Wars anthology film, Solo: A Star Wars Story, which released last week. Because fucking, of course, we're going to discuss it. It's a new Star Wars movie. We how are we not going to discuss it? Even though it did, I think probably has inconspicuous title or uh, uh, maybe not so lofty title of the least anticipated Star Wars movie yet overall. Also the lowest performing Star Wars movie of uh, yet, I think. So far, yeah. But uh, I think in large part that just has to do with scheduling because it came out just six months after Last Jedi. I think a lot of people just weren't right quite, didn't have time to get back and hyped up sort of thing for a new Star Wars movie. And it was also a lot of people just thought it was kind of unnecessary or whatever but we're going to get into what we thought about it what we liked what we didn't like what worked that kind of thing so let's just jump right into it here and go into our overall impressions of the movie or little 30 second review so mark what did you think about solo a star wars story now i will preface this by saying that i had literally no expectations going into this movie but i enjoyed the shit out of it so i had a good time i had a couple little like niggling issues in there where i was like okay this is going on a little long or like why are we killing all the female characters or this that and the other thing but like overall i sat down and was entertained for two hours it's anything past the two hour mark where i'm like interesting why is this still going on but (laughs) Overall, like honestly, if you haven't seen it, I'd run out and see it. If you like Star Wars shit, why would you not? Like it's it's a Star Wars movie. It's fun. So yeah, I don't know where everybody like. I can understand not having any hype for it, but I mean, I still went and saw it. So yeah, uh, I follow in somewhat the same boat. My expectations were not zero, but they were definitely measured. Like I wasn't expecting to go in and be like blown away by it, kind of thing. But yeah, I really enjoyed it too. I've already seen it twice. Uh, oh, did it, you go again? Wow. Yeah, well, I, I ended up seeing it uh, on my work trip this week because, in part because the first time I went, I forgot my notebook, so I didn't have, I, I wasn't able to take notes as, as I was watching it, which is what I usually do uh, yeah. for the podcast, and partially because I was somewhere that there wasn't really much excited to do. I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which isn't a particular exciting town, so yeah, I figured I'd just go out and see it again because I had a good enough time with it, and this, uh, it's dense enough that there's definitely enough stuff that you can pick up there's enough sort of connections and shit to the wider star wars universe that it definitely warrants multiple sittings if you like that sort of nerdy continuity shit which i do it didn't feel gratuitous which was my major concern going into it i thought it was just going to be like okay this is going to feel completely unnecessary and superfluous but it really didn't It, it added some new dimensions to characters that we all know and love i thought it was well written overall i think most of the characters had pretty solid story arcs and uh, i thought it did a really good job at expanding the star wars universe and showing us some new interesting facets and parts of that world or galaxy or whatever (laughs) (laughs) time frame plus galaxy maybe yeah yeah i suppose 
So I want to get first into uh, the world building aspects of this movie, because I think that's one of the things that it does the best uh, in sort of the connections to the wider universe. I know that I'm a bigger Star Wars nerd than Mark is, although I don't claim to be a you know massive Star Wars expert by any stretch. I do have some knowledge of sort of the expanded universe and that kind of thing. I was really happy, and I think I said this uh, maybe last week or at some point when we were talking about solo previously that I really wanted to see more of these sort of like fringes of the star Wars galaxy. And we definitely get that in the, in solo. Um, we see more of like those social fringes and kind of like the dredges of this galaxy, which I thought was really cool and well done. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like the, uh, the world building stuff in there was great. Like I liked the little, like I liked the fact that I can't remember any of the planet's names, but like the, the, <laughs> the starship Cor- Corellia. Yeah. Corellia. Like I liked the fact that like, I actually had a, an, an issue with that, those scenes at first. Cause I was like, I can't fucking see what's going on. Mm. Like it was so dark on kind of, kind of washed was, out and stuff and, yeah so yeah. i was like what the fuck's happening i was like oh okay mm. they're doing that intentionally because it does open up and like lighten up a little bit yeah after they get the, off that planet yeah but yeah no i like the fact that we got to see like there was all the stuff that i wanted to see out of this movie it was all like the gangsters and like scumbags of the star wars universe mm-hmm. kind of thing like that was what i wanted to see i wasn't interested in like I'm less interested shiny now in high saga. society kind yeah. of like Im- either that uh, or even like intrigue and that kind of shit. And, yeah. yeah. Or like the Jedi or anything like yeah. that. Like any kind of force, like magic shit. Like I was just like, no, you built this cool, like scummy sci-fi universe. Like mm-hmm. let's go play in the muck a little bit as opposed to being like, yeah, having the Jedi there to kind of like be the, the shining paragons compared to all these like scumbag rebels and like Imperial assholes and all that other stuff. Like it's just Imperial assholes and scumbag, scumbags yeah doing shit and i'm like this is this is more my fucking speed of movies so. it's your ground level star wars movie it is it's like the ground level star wars movie <laughs> that i already have one of so i really can't <laughs> begrudge them much at this point yeah i'm at the point now where i like the 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 non-saga movies more than i enjoy the at least the modern ones mm-hmm. like if i t- take choose between like the force awakens and last jedi and rogue one and solo i'm going rogue one and solo probably yeah nine times out of ten i like i just like that side of things more yeah i don't know if i'd go quite that far i'm still pretty invested in the saga movies but i think they both have their sort of their space for me like uh i I think i'd have to be maybe in a different mood to watch these than to watch the saga movies kind of thing yeah i think i'm just in the mood to watch this kind of stuff more often than i'm in the mood to watch the saga movies you know what i mean like so this these fit more inside like the my vision of what I want from Star Wars mm-hmm. than the saga movies do now. Yeah. Because especially after Last Jedi. So. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, more in terms of sort of the world building, I thought it was really cool to see more of the real sort of impact of living under Imperial rule, uh, especially yeah. on those like lower castes of society. Like we really get a feeling of what it's like to live day to day in the Empire and why, like, you know, we've seen the Empire and just been told, like, okay, we see them, like, blowing up planets and shit like that, but we don't know, like, sort of what their grip feels like on just normal Joe Schmo six-pack kind of thing. And yeah. I feel like here we get a lot more of that feeling, which was nice. Yeah. The one thing that I, I always have a pet peeve in sci-fi movies where, or sci-fi series or media in general, where the majority of the alien species are all, like, super anthropomorphized. Like, they're just roughly very coincidentally the same size and or shape as humans whereas here we finally or we start to see 
that's one thing I think Star Wars has been pretty good with overall, but here we're getting more of it, like get like Lady Proxima, uh, who's like sort of this insectoid animal yeah. and uh, stuff like that. So I thought that was good too. In sort of, this is probably where I might uh, lose Mark a little bit in sort of connections to the wider Star Wars universe. The first one was one. There's the big one, obviously. There is. It's like, we'll get yeah. to that. We'll get yeah. to that. But yeah, there's probably some other stuff in there that I was like, I don't, I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about or, or whatever. So. <laughs> well, the one I'm sure that, and the nice thing is, is none of that was like crucial. Like it was just little yeah. references that got thrown out. And if you got them great, if you didn't, whatever. The one that I'm sure that you noticed was the, uh, the Imperial March being played in the yeah. Empire's recruitment videos. I did. I did notice that. I was like, that's pretty on the nose, boy. Like, you know what? <laughs> I was like, that's a little fucking meta for Star Wars, but I'm okay with it. That felt like, but I mean, I don't even know who that would be. You know, like either of those directors, like yeah. whether it be the pair that got fired or Ron Howard, who was an Arrested Development alumni. Yeah, like, <laughs> both super they both meta. have that kind of sense of humor. Yeah. So I could see both of them doing that. Like I feel like that was a joke that like the original guys put in there, and then when Ron Howard was like cutting the movie down, like, he's probably like, "Oh okay. fuck it, leave that in. That's genius. Yeah, that's fun. Like, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> There were shoutouts to Bosk, one of the yeah. classic bounty hunters from the original trilogy. Ora Singh. Do you know who Ora Singh is? I know the name. Yeah. Like the name is familiar. Um, so Ora Singh. I spent a lot of years listening to Eric talk about expanding universe <laughs> stuff and trying to get me to read novels that I just like refused to read. Yeah. I was like, the movies are good enough. Like, I like the movies. Like, no, 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 there's more to it. I'm like, yeah, but I don't care about that that much. <laughs> you read Star Trek novels. And I'm like, yeah. I care about that. I care about that. So. <laughs> but yeah, so we uh, hear about how Tobias Beckett killed Aura Singh, who's this one one of the most popular expanded universe characters. Uh, she's a female bounty hunter. Right. Uh, with pale blue skin. Oh, is she the one with the tube head things, too? Yeah, no. Is she one of those guys? No, no, no. She's not a uh, t- uh, Twi'lek, no. I'm glad you know the alien race name. That's good. That's, <laughs> well, you're the, way ahead of me. The Twi'leks play pretty heavily in the animated series, in particular okay. in uh, in Rebels. The one of the lead characters is a Twi'lek. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. It might be Twi'lek, but uh, yeah, you know better than me, but <laughs> but we also get uh, shoutouts to the uh, the Pikes, who are another crime syndicate who featured really heavily in Clone Wars, and the uh, one that I thought was a really nice sort of instance of synergy is. At one point, uh, L3, the droid character, mentions Black Spire Outpost. That is actually the name of the village that's going to be depicted in the Disney Parks Star Wars lands. So that's oh. where you're going to be able to like, go and actually like visit and ride like, the Millennium Falcon and shit like that. And is, is Black Spire Outpost. So I thought that was a nice little uh, tie-in kind of thing. Cool. What else? We, we got the origin of Han's Blaster. Yes, which was, I thought, that was one of the problems I did have with the movie. It's like, all this shit, he just coincidentally got all the things that identify him as Han Solo mm. in 13 fucking minutes. <laughs> I was like, he's got his gun, his he partner. suddenly got his name, he got found his partner, and he <laughs> met the ship, he met Lando. The only thing he didn't do was fuck Princess Leia. Like, I don't know what else they could have done. At we didn't point. get the leather jacket. No, that's that's probably in the sequel. Though, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that that was a little convenient. I, I will agree. Yeah. We got the one that I thought was really fun and would be one that I think, uh, I guess it depends how many times you've rewatched uh, Return of the Jedi, but uh, where Beckett's disguise on Kessel was the same one that Lando wears on the on yeah. Jabba's sail barge, that like helmet that has the curly little like bone uh, yeah. engravings or whatever on the front. Yeah, yeah. That, that I thought was a nice little touch. 
because uh, that's something like they don't ever really mention where Lando got that from or whatever. So it's nice that apparently it's just something that's been kicking around the Falcon for fucking years. Yep, that he stole from a dead man. Yeah. (laughs) Which I guess probably happens in this universe an awful goddamn lot. Yeah. Well, speaking from a dead man and things getting stolen from him, we finally got to see Chewie rip off somebody's fucking arms. Yes, we did. We got to see (laughs) Chewie do a lot of fucking badass stuff in this movie. Yeah. All over the place. Yeah. I was really happy with the way they handled, like, Chewie in particular, like, his own little, like, character arc going on in the background throughout, which was kind of nice to see because usually they downplay him a lot like he yeah. doesn't get i mean because you can't understand him blah, blah he's blah. just like, like almost a straight man or whatever yeah but like he had a good little like thing going on like he was doing yeah. shit like on his own and stuff I was like oh that's cool it's nice to see chewy you know have agency compared to just being like han's like like throw rug fucking security blanket yeah. or whatever the fuck he is you know <laughs> no absolutely i was super happy with uh with the character development that they gave chewy and you know gave him a little bit more motivation in terms of like why he gets invested in the rebellion and yeah that sort of thing later on but yeah, the major fucking connection and world building here is that reveal at the end of the movie where we see, I'm, I'm just going to call him Maul because he's not Darth Maul anymore. He's so yeah. far removed from being a Sith anymore. Well, except for the fact that he's still carrying the badass fucking double-bladed saber. He, not so. exactly. It's it's obviously not the same saber or it's been heavily no, 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 modified, obviously. but it's still yeah. the same style as that double-bladed red saber that he carried yeah. previously. Which I thought him turning on and like, menacing her with is and a hologram was a little superfluous i was like why are you doing that i i get it i get it because he's just like a fucking prick and he's just trying to do it to intimidate her but i'm like really you're a hologram dude like i feel he knows what the fucking thing is i feel it was for the the, those like five percent of people that maybe hadn't recognized him yet or were like maybe it's just because another one of his people well yeah exactly just another i can't remember his uh species name off the top of my head Core or something? B- Bakara or something? Yeah, like something that. like that. Yeah. I can't remember anymore. And yeah, so they're really hammering home like, no, this is the same fucking guy because did you know that Maul was still alive? I did, yeah. Okay. So you'd heard heard like it had it spoiled for you or whatever. Even I'm didn't watch friends with you and Eric. God damn it. <laughs> of course I knew Maul. I don't know that it's alive. ever something that would have come up in conversation, but... Uh, well, no, but like I'm also like, I've seen Rebels and like Rebel, like Star Wars news, especially something like yeah. Darth Maul still being alive and showing up in Rebels was something that did hit my, like it hit the front page of IO9. So yeah, like, yeah. I probably okay. saw it. Like I knew he was there and I know that he ends up dying eventually at the hands of Obi-Wan on Tatooine, which... If I don't see in a fucking movie, mm-hmm. I'll be pissed because yeah. I almost want to go start Rebels just to see that fight. Like, I want to see that fight. I don't give a shit about the rest it was of the good. show, really, but I want to see that fucking fight now. It was really solid, yeah. That was maybe the high point of Rebels for me. Like, that, they've got the other, all they're talking about is these saga movies. Like, they're talking about Boba Fett with the Logan and, director, and, and they're talking about Obi-Wan. I'm like, these are movies I want. Like, I don't give a fuck about the saga anymore mm-hmm. for the most part. Like, I'll watch the last one and see how it turns out. But, like, I want these, like, stories, like, the side stories. Mm-hmm. That's what I've always wanted from Star Wars was, like, yeah, tell me why Boba Fett, who comes out like a bumbling fucking asshat at the end of, or in the middle of Jedi, was so fucking feared before that. Or yeah, show me what the fuck Obi-Wan was doing while he was, like, living. I, he, you know he wasn't just sitting around jerking at the internet porn the whole time he was on. <laughs> ta- I mean, most of the time he was on Tatooine, he was probably doing that. But, like. <laughs> eventually he had to go do something like somebody had to come after luke on the planet at some point so yeah can i please see that shit like please can i see that because you yeah. and mcgregor's still kicking let's do this thing god damn it yeah no i i agree i i think that that movie needs to fucking get made but uh yeah so like i said 
Maul is still alive and out there and kicking and pe- clearly running or very close to running Crimson Dawn. We don't know if he's like you know necessarily the top tier of Crimson Dawn or whatever. But would there be anybody who could stop him from being the top if <laughs> yeah. they want? Like, could, could a, like I'm just like this is I don't know enough about Star Wars to really know. Like, is there anybody who's like a regular person who could stop a Sith Lord if they did not? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, probably not. I mean, this guy, this is a guy that held his own against Darth Sidious. So, who was Maul's, was like the, Maul's yeah. uh, uh, mentor? Well, he was Sidious's apprentice. Yeah, 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 he was Sidious's apprentice. So, but yeah, so if, if anybody, like, I, I know that there are going to be some of our listeners that haven't watched every fucking episode of Clone Wars, the animated series, but that's where Maul ends up coming back. So even though he With was like spider legs too, right? Like fucking badass. Yeah, yeah. So originally, like obviously he was fucking bisected by yeah. Obi Wan uh, after Darth Maul kills Qui Gon, and but it's fucking lightsaber, like wound cauterized instantly, and he's obviously an alien, and his species also has like some mystic side to them as well. So I guess sort of all that together meant that he was able to survive it because I guess you know his vital organs are all like you know, from the top half of his torso up or whatever. But they, they literally could just say, like, he used the Force to keep himself alive and I'm fine. Yeah. That's all they have. He's like, he's a Sith Lord. He just so had enough will some... or whatever. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. So he just Sith, he just Sith-minded his way to fucking surviving. Yeah. And got himself a new set of fucking scary arachnid legs and went on to be a badass elsewhere in the fucking galaxy. Yeah, exactly. So. And so, yeah, he ends up um, on this, like, Outer Rim planet and basically starts going, like, insane. Like, the the trauma his body experienced sort of just drove him crazy and he just spent like 10 years there just like fucking obsessing over trying to find obi-wan and taking revenge on him for what he did to him and yeah he ends up uh like fashioning himself these huge crazy like spider legs and shit and like mechanical spider legs and uh that's all that is played out in i think it's like season four the end of season four of clone wars so if anybody's okay. interested in going back and checking out like just that story arc or whatever it's one of the better ones that clone wars dived into for sure yeah um, i just gotta i gotta see that end fight now and yeah. then i want to see how they do it in live action because they need to do that in live action also also if he's alive why are him and vader not fighting in a movie at this point because yeah i need to see him get his fucking teeth knocked down his throat by vader yeah that because that would also be a fucking badass fight that would be fucking fun so yeah disney let me write movies for you (laughs) i will put these motherfuckers in and just let them beat each other to death it'll be sweet yeah it'll be two hours of that but you know (laughs) yeah so that's where maul comes back so for those those people in the theater that were like what who how the fuck is that guy back kind of thing like if there was two, you know, there's definitely two groups of people in the theater. They're like, oh, that's cool that they're bringing him back. You know, I knew that he was around. And then the people were like, wait, what the fuck? Kind yeah, of thing. So- I was, I was, I think I got to wait, what the, and then I was like, all oh, right, I've heard people talking about him being back. Yeah. Like at first I was, conf- I was like, is that even, cause I thought it was just another one of his species at first. Like mm. it didn't click that it was actually him until I looked real close and I was like, wait, that's actually Ray Park under all that fucking makeup. Yeah. And I guess it's the voice from the show. It's too. Sam, yeah, it's Sam Witwer, who's on uh, yeah. Battlestar Galactica, and also did some stuff in Smallville and stuff like that. Who was he on Galactica? He played, and not not a main character, but he played one of the pilots. Oh, okay. Um, he played the one that, that ends up as uh, Boomer's partner uh, after Hilo gets left on Earth. Oh, okay, okay, uh, fair enough. Um, but, nice. Yeah, so I got to rewatch that show. Yeah, well, I'm the only reason I know that is because I'm fucking right in the uh, middle of oh, it you're right in the now. Thick of it right yeah. now, right? Yeah, uh, I'm in like, I should in like season that. two right now of uh, rewatching. We're in the middle of the good stuff right now. Yeah, That's fantastic. So fucking good. 
Yeah. But yeah, he's also not no stranger to genre stuff. Like he was well, uh, also did the voice of Ocean Master in a Justice League movie and yeah, he's but he's been voicing okay. uh Darth Maul in various videos, uh video games and TV shows and stuff like that for a while. Nice. Yeah, because I, I, I read that it was his voice after the fact, but I, I would I immediately was like, that's Ray Park under all that fucking makeup, I think. And then he started talking and he lit the saber and I was like, well, it's definitely fucking, well, I said Darth Maul in my head because yeah. whatever, but I was like, definitely, it's definitely Maul, so that's yeah. pretty cool. I was cur- I was just interested that they, because I knew he had a, like a thing where he died, like I knew the, the story of what happened, I didn't watch any of it, but I was like, oh, it's before, I guess it must be before Obi-Wan killed him, so I guess he could be doing shit, I don't know, whatever, yeah. like. It's cool that he's there, and if they were going to do a sequel, I'm all in for, like, yeah. Darth Maul versus Vader happening, because, like, let's get this fucking going, boys. Like, yeah, absolutely. To see some Sith Masters just, like, <laughs> beating each other to death, or near to death anyway. Yeah, so. fuck yeah. I think all you'd have to do is, like, have your heroes just see the two of them face off and be like, nah, fuck this, and just run the other way. Yeah. Like, or a live-action gotta... rematch between Sidious and Maul and shit like that. Like, oh, there's so many fucking cool things they could do. Or just, like, re-showing that fight. I just want or, or fucking Ahsoka just want Tano back. from Clone Wars comes back go. in, like, her sort of gray Jedi-ish kind of uh, uh, vibe or something like that. There's so See, many that's cool what I mean. Like, all these people who are, like, not, like, that are outside the Jedi mainstream, that's way more interesting to me than, like, actual knights who are like, oh, we're good guys, blah, 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 blah. Like, I think that's why the original trilogy works for me so nicely, because it's, like, the end of all of it, like there, he's barely a real Jedi at that point. Yeah. He's getting half trained and like yeah. kind of shunted off to go fucking die at his father's hands, really, yeah. probably. But yeah, so then you get to like the new stuff. It's like, yeah, this feels a little bit more my speed. But then you get into the, all the like, I like this stuff now because like just all the crime shit and like yeah, all the CD underbelly dealings and, and all that kind of stuff. This is right up my alley. So yeah, we should maybe actually talk about the solo movies. <laughs> weird. Well, we can talk about where they're going to be going next because Han and Chewie pretty fucking clearly at the end of this movie are going off to work for Jabba on Tatooine. Yeah. Which is pretty exciting too. Like they set up a nice sequel for themselves. Actually. Yeah. I was surprised they did that much work to set up a sequel for a movie that I thought was just going to be, a saga movie or like not a saga movie but just be like a one-off and then we're fucking done yeah but like we still need to know where he gets the outfit because like he doesn't have the vest yet which you have to have the vest Mm -hmm. and like yeah like he has like the whole thing with kira is not wrapped up that should get wrapped up which means somebody's got to get into a fight with maul Mm because i kind of need to see that on the big screen i think at this point like i hope it gets a sequel i'm yeah it just sounds weird considering how fucking lukewarm i was on it before i actually went and saw the movie but, like, I enjoyed the shit out of it, and, like, all this stuff they did to tease at a sequel is yeah. all shit that I'm, like, I am in for this. Like, I totally want to see those movies. Yeah, but it doesn't, like, I'm not, like, gagging for a sequel and that, like, oh, my God, I want this to be the next movie they make kind of thing. But maybe, hmm. like, four or five years down the road or something like that, I'd love to get another one of these. Or maybe they could probably, they could probably flip in two or three. Th- three, like, or, kind of, yeah, maybe three. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we get it, like, as, on like, three. yeah, maybe we get it as, like, winter like christmas 2021 or something like that yeah yeah i'm fine with that that's the one thing i think they should do i think they need to stay out of summer i think they just yeah. need to own winter like yeah. they just got to get the fuck out of summertime summertime is marvel time now i think boys like we need to yeah just get the fuck out of the big boys way now because <laughs> yeah that juggernaut's not stopping anytime soon i really think this movie did itself a disservice by coming out when it did because it got like you had the aftermath like everybody saw infinity war which means a lot of people don't go to the movies that often yeah saw infinity war because fucking everybody saw infinity war mm-hmm. three times and then like a week two weeks later deadpool comes out and yeah. it still had an amazing showing in its second week 
And then, like, people were totally lukewarm coming into Solo. They were just burnt out, fatigued on, yeah. on big budget kind of movies, genre movies. And then, like, everybody was pissed off about Last Jedi still, too, because that shit's still all over the internet yeah. all the time. So, like, this is just, like, an awkward spot for this movie to be in. I think if they had released it wintertime, like, they'd, they'd taken their usual November-December slot that they have been for the last couple of years. Yeah. They would have been far enough away from The Last Jedi and far the fuck enough away from, like, Marvel at this point that they probably would have done a lot better, so. Yeah. That being said, like, yes, it's not performing extremely well, but it's still fucking, like, it's not bombing yeah, it's by any money, stretch. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and there have been By a- Star Wars standards, it's bombing, though. Like, that's yeah. that's the big difference. Like, it, it's a Star Wars movie that's not performing to Star Wars level, so I, could, I see why people are like, well, that's really fucked up, like, that it's not crushing like the way most of these movies usually do even the prequels did gangbuster business because we all went to all of them hoping that this would finally be the fucking good one Mm -hmm. and we got like one mediocre (laughs) one after waiting through three movies so but i think i think it's gonna have legs as well because there's not really anything else coming up to really knock it off its perch kind of thing like this jurassic world but i don't think it's really gonna draw what's that is that next week uh it's a couple weeks i think still away so yeah i think it's gonna you know have longer legs and especially now that most most of the response i've seen for solo has been pretty positive so i think there's gonna be a lot of people that might have been hesitant and are gonna start reading more about it being like okay you know i was i was really pissed off after last shot or whatever but this feels more like my kind of star wars movie so maybe i'm gonna go see it after all well, and I think a lot of the reactions from people like us, I mean, not that we're like fucking huge tastemakers or anything like that, but there's a lot of people who have the same opinion as, or at least as me, who were like, I don't give a fuck about this movie. It looks like whatever. I'm going to go see it because I want to look at Amelia Clark for an hour and a half and I want to see what Donald Glover does. Yeah. And then like, I came out of it just like totally surprised by how much I was enjoying myself. So I was like, well, yeah, that fucking works for me. I'm fine with that. <laughs> well, so. that, that's a good uh, transition then. You're talking about specific performances and actors uh, transition into what I want to talk about next, which was like just the characters and performances overall. Like we did get a lot of new characters, obviously new people playing established roles kind of thing. So let's talk about Han first. How, what were your feelings on Alden Ehrenreich? I liked him, but in a he wasn't Han kind of way. He reminded me more of early Luke than he reminded me of Han. Yeah, I can see that a little bit. So, like, a little too smiley, a little too happy about what was going on around him. Like, he was enjoying himself too much. Whereas the Han that I kind of know, I mean, the Harrison, especially because Harrison Ford. A little more sarcastic. and A little bit more grumbly about everything that happens around him, but that's just Harrison Ford. And I don't know that anybody can replicate that level of grumbliness because... Well, that was just like a yeah. notorious fucking grumbly asshole. So <laughs> I, I, I would have been probably disappointed if this guy came in and just did a Harrison Ford impression. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that Aaron Reich was serviceable as Han. Yeah. He had some really strong moments. He had some moments where I was just like, eh, that delivery was kind of weak or stilted or whatever. But I thought that overall he captured, I can imagine this portrayal turning into the Han that we know later on. Yeah. When I thought about it after I had, I had a similar thought, I'm like, right. yeah, I could see him becoming more jaded. Like, cause there's probably yeah. 10 years between where 10 or 15, I think him. something like that is the yeah. estimate. Yeah. And before we hit like a new hope, like, yeah. so battle Yavin years or whatever. So it's like, I think the estimates like eight to nine years ahead of yeah. Yavin kind of thing or whatever that fucking timeline is in star Wars. Cause I know they do weird divides and shit yeah. like that. Like a new hopes, like the, like BBY. A time. Yep. yeah. Before battle of Yavin. Well, yeah, but he, I thought he was great in terms of that. I just, like, I kind of, I, I just, I mean, it's not Harrison Ford. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, there's always <laughs> going to be that, like, I love Harrison Ford. 
Harrison Ford's up there with like Bill Murray is like maybe not that I like him that much, but just that like that iconic sort of yeah, yeah. he's super iconic. Like yeah. hit, that's like Han Solo. Nobody else Bankman. can do Bill Murray. Nobody else can do Han yeah. Solo. Exactly. Or Nobody can else do can Harrison Ford. It's, yeah. Indiana Jones is the one that I always kind of lean on. Like whenever I see anybody else try and do like that shtick, I'm like not the same man like yeah. you're not as charming but as sarcastic as like i don't know nobody can pull that off quite the way he can kirk douglas or michael douglas that did romancing the stone he did a pretty admirable michael douglas take. yeah i think that's michael douglas yeah. yeah but but still not not quite the same every once in a while uh what's his name gets me a little bit like he could probably pull it off kurt russell yeah, like, yeah. he's got that kind of glimmer yeah. to him but i mean obviously he's the same fucking age as yeah. uh, harrison <laughs> ford so it's not like you'd be able to recast <laughs> him as whatever yeah but if you could get like young kurt russell to be like i'll play young harrison ford or young han solo i'd be yeah. like yeah i'm in for that I'm totally <laughs> they have the same co- at least he has the eye color down like they're both have the blue eyes yeah. so yeah but yeah so with with han as well we were talking about like how i i can kind of see this this version c- becoming the han that we know and i think that we learn a lot more here about like why Han ends up being so distrustful, so self-centered in sort of his like whatever thirties or whatever he's in and like yeah. new hope, um, given his upbringing, given obviously his fucking experiences now with Kira and shit like that as well. And Beckett and not to mention his like fucking hatred and uh, of the empire. Cause uh, I don't know that even like I said, I'm not super versed in expanded universe stuff, but I don't know that there's ever that, been discussion before that han was ever part of the empire he's ever in the inventory i remember something about it like in his backstory yeah, about him okay. being in the naval academy or something like that yeah. and having got kicked out which they mentioned in the movie yeah because he ends up in the infantry but, like he was training to be a pilot na- yeah, imperially. Naval pilot, yeah but i don't like i said i'm i'm as well versed as you are i am like not at all like yeah. i don't never read i think i've read one extended universe or expanded universe book and i was about 10 and it was fucking gibberish to me because I think I missed the the one before it, and I was yeah. like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. So, <laughs> what were your feelings on the other main like lead on Amelia Clark as Kira? Besides, <sighs> she was hot as fuck. Well, she's hot as fuck. I mean, that goes without saying. It's Amelia <laughs> Clark, girls, just like next level stunning. So, I honestly, she kind of left me a little cold. Like, she didn't. I don't know. She was fine. I didn't think she did anything exceptional or anything like that nothing i don't know nothing super exciting that came out of that for me um i was pretty except for the except for the neckline which was great (laughs) i was pretty happy with her performance i thought that she had a lot of little nuanced moments where you knew that she was kind of and it was might have been more writing than necessarily her performance but where you can tell she knows a little bit more than she's letting on kind of thing but you don't know exactly what or where it's going yeah, my my only problem was like as soon as she, like she shows up on that barge or whatever the fuck that like his pleasure craft or mm-hmm. his like his yacht or whatever, and I was like, oh yeah, she's already working for him and she's gonna fuck him over at the end and take like I like the whole plot like just ran through my head. Yeah, as soon as I saw her pop up in the party, I'm like, well, I know how this is ending, and yeah. like I almost had it like except for the mall thing, <laughs> I had it pretty much like note for note because as soon as she, when she turned the the hologram on, I'm like she's gonna be talking to Jabba. And then I saw robot legs and I was like, Vader? And then it was fucking Maul. And I was like, oh, yeah. interesting. Like, that was a cool, like, they subverted it enough that I was like, yeah. oh, interesting. Like, I didn't get pissed about it. But yeah. as soon as she started being shifty and showing up and, like, being his, like, kind of consort, I was like, or Paul Bettany. Yeah. I remember the guy's the character's yeah, name. Paul, like, uh, the Paul Bettany Bosch. characters. Yeah. His, like, being his consort, I was like, she's going to fuck over Han at the end. Like, that. how else can Han yeah. become Han unless he gets fucked over by the woman he loves? Well, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, they don't end up together, obviously, because Han yes. ends up solo by the time we get to New Hope. But I, I, I wasn't. I, I could have gone either way. Like she had me sold that she could have gone with Han. She could have gone with Voss. I mean, if if I'd been looking at it more objectively in terms of like story, then yeah, I probably would have got to the point where like yeah, she's gonna fuck over Han. But uh, in terms of performance, I thought she she was on the fence until we get to the end kind of thing. Okay. See, I, I was like, as soon as Woody Harrelson was like, don't trust anybody. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, he's getting fucked over by the woman he loves because that's just like storytelling one on one. Yeah. Yeah, I've read, I've written this script twenty times already. You know <laughs> what I mean? So well, let's talk about Beckett then. I I thought it was pretty interesting having like this kind of gunslinger character in the Star Wars universe. Like it's an interesting pull, but I think I think it feels pretty in line with because the Star Wars universe Hold has already been like pr- a pretty like swashbuckling. Like there's elements of like spaghetti western and yep, stuff like absolutely. that in it. So yep. I thought that that was a, an interesting inclusion of like that archetype of character. I'm all for modern Woody Harrelson just showing up and just kind of like mumbling his way through whatever the <laughs> fuck he wants to do these days. Cause I, I love him like old Woody Harrelson. I'm in for, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know why I used to, I never cared for him back in the day, but he pops up in shit now like zombie land or whatever else or true detective. And I'm like, I'm all in for whatever he wants. Or to even do like now, the, so. uh, uh, hunger games movies. I've never seen any of those fucking garbage piles. I don't like Jennifer Lawrence enough to go sit through 15 of those fucking things. So. This is like four of them. I, I, I watched them all. I I t- tapered off by the end of them. But are they done? Like yeah. are they that that movie that series is over? Is yeah. it all? If it's all on Netflix, I might sit down and watch it sometime. I just like I yeah. have no. It's like the Mission Impossible movies. When they come out, I'm like I will watch them when I can at my complete leisure sit through it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not running out to see any of this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but. I've always been like, oh yeah, I kind of want to watch that. I mean, Lord Jennifer Lawrence, great, but like, I just the first couple know. in particular, I was pretty happy with. That yeah. sort of tapered off by the end, but but either way, Woody Harrelson, I liked, yeah. I liked, I liked the Beckett character. I was all in for his performance. I was, I liked that gunslinger bit, like just having him be that kind of like outlaw, like Red Dead Redemption bad guy kind of yeah. thing in the middle of the Star Wars universe. I'm like, I'm fucking in. This is awesome, and yeah. especially like at the beginning when you can see him like he's wandering around the battlefield trying to pull all his con and shit like that and it's working for him because mm-hmm. he's just he's got his little crew going on and again like danny newton killed early unfortunately but was awesome for what she did so yeah she, yeah uh, yeah another one of those leads that was like kind of fridged i know tim said kind of fridged yeah. i was like that's pretty <laughs> harsh but you're not entirely wrong there probably yeah so. honestly i i mean i think it could have been cool to have Beckett be the one that eats it and then have that Val character be the one that ends up sort of mentoring. Honestly, if you're going to give me either Thandy Newton or Woody Harrelson, like yeah. I'm not going to argue with you either way. Cause, yeah. Cause it's not, why would you it's, argue? Yeah. It's not often that you get like a, a female character that loses her male love interest and, and you know, is but is still a fucking badass and sort of powers through kind of thing. Yeah. I wish she'd stuck around. Cause like it would have yeah. been cool to have her through like a little bit more of the movie. Cause she, like if she had died at the main battle, yeah, I probably would have been less pissed off about it than her dying at the train sequence, which like, honestly, great sequence. I oh, enjoyed yeah. the shit out of the train. sequence. Like they, they put set, like that's again, they put the set pieces together really nicely, yeah. which for a movie that was as, and again, like that spaghetti Western, like great train robbery kind of feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Which was great. Like it felt like, you know what it felt like? It felt like firefly. Yeah. Yeah, like because the, the, they did the train robbery yeah. fucking episode to begin with, but like it just it, everything felt like Firefly to me, and I was like, I'm in, I'm totally in for this Firefly in the fucking Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. Yeah, no, I I would agree with that. Yeah, 
we already talked a bit, a, a bit about Chewie, but do you have any more else? I, like, I was just really happy, like, with the way they introduced him, the character. He ripped arms they off. To him. I yeah. was happy. Yeah, and like seeing him interact with his people and shit like that was really yeah, cool. Was cool. And yeah, who else was there? Oh, I mean, fucking Donald Glover. Yeah, just like yeah, the heart just, and soul of this fucking movie. He was just like, pitch pitch fucking perfect as Lando. Oh God, he's um Donald Glover is just like. Just sign me up for whatever the fuck he does all the time. <laughs> just give it to me because I'm going to watch it and probably enjoy it. I'll listen to it, probably enjoy it. Like, I like everything he, that guy does. He's just, cry- he was so good as Lando. Like, yeah. He even had like the mannerisms and shit down. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, and, so good. And I was really happy that, and I think it, this is part, part, partially his performance and partially the writing, that they used Lando's like vanity and his overconfidence, his weaknesses. Like, they could have played him very much as like a, mary sue like kind of flawless character but instead they were like okay yeah this guy is you know is like this fucking massive player but sometimes it works to his disadvantage as well yeah yeah because oh no he was he was spot on the whole fucking time i was just like yeah and like the way he like because even like when they introduced the character he like he just shits on macking on everybody but he shits on han yeah and then like turns right around and sees amelia clark and just like the fucking charm turns on out of nowhere i'm like wow well that's it too like he's he's right in the middle of of like you know trying to get it the ship or whatever that he won from han or han or han and, yeah which is great yeah <laughs> i like but that's how we pronounced it in the movies right like that was yeah. how uh billy d pronounced it too so like yeah it was a nice little nod that they did that and yeah he still absolutely. was like that's not the way you pronounce it, but it's fine. And I was like, oh, all right, like that's cool. Yeah. But then he gets almost just distracted by Kira. Uh, yeah. and well, like, I mean, who's not going to get exactly? But, by but again, Lily like Clark. he's he's just such a fucking womanizer that he can't help himself, kind of thing. And that yeah. again, it works like he probably wouldn't have gone on this mission if Kira hadn't been there, kind of thing, because he's just yep. a sucker for a pretty face. Yep. So, yep. Yep. Me and Lando have that in fucking common. So there's that. <laughs> There were the the two the two real like scene stealers for me. Anytime they were in a scene, were Rio, the uh, alien character that was voiced by Jean Favreau, and L three. Is that the guy that died at the beginning? Yeah, like the, the pilot? yeah the pilot guy with okay, the yeah. the Indarian or whatever it was that had like multiple arms. Yeah, it took me a minute to recognize his voice. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know that fucking voice. Yeah, and I had to sit there and listening to him talk, and like I was like, why am I thinking Robert Downey Jr.? I kept yes. thinking happy, like, it's happy. I was like, wait, oh, wait, wait, it's happy. There, okay, there it is. It's John Favreau. All right, I'm in. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, they were both. They were both really solid characters that had, even though no, neither of them survived the fucking movie, had some nice little character moments and stuff like that, and added stuff to the interaction. I found the droid a little like kind of C-3PO annoying in spots. Like, yeah. It was a little bit like uh, not Murray Sewish, but like kind of like S- almost S- a joke SJW. about. Yeah, a little bit of a joke about social justice warrior stuff, almost, yeah. which I was like. I don't know if we need to be making fun of that quite yet because we still got some problems going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like at the same time, she had some good zingers and stuff like that. And the way she was always just like grump, like everybody's grumbling about how bad the situation is. She's just like, no, we're we're gonna die. Like we're fucked. Yeah. But again, it felt almost kind of the same as uh, K2SO in Rogue One. It's like they have to have this like comic relief droid. Yeah. Like in the in the story, like the side story movies, which I'm like. I guess whatever. Yeah, know, so. it's. I think it's a, a a device that they need to move away from a bit, like just to give it a rest, kind of thing. I don't hate yeah. it, but it's something no. that they've obviously been using a lot. Like every movie has had its own, like you know, droid that has character, kind of thing to it. Yeah. So I think, and like, and then in the new saga movies, like you just have BB-8 that doesn't have like a ton of dialogue, mm. fucking around and stuff, which 
makes it so it's just like, oh, I like BB-8 because he's cute and he rolls around and does stuff. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, thumbs up at the lighter and stuff. Yeah. Like, fun. <laughs> yeah. But then you get into like prequel, like three C or C-3PO kind of yeah. shit where he's like, I'm like, all right. He's everywhere. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and just constantly running his fucking mouth. I'm like, all right, <laughs> George, shut him the fuck up or I'm stopping the movie. You know what I mean? Like he is, he in particular is the only character that's been in every saga movie so far. That's true. That is true. And that he'll probably continue to be. Yeah. So, well, hey, R2, right? Like, well, R2 two? doesn't show up. R- R2's not in. Oh, no. Yeah. R2's in Phantom Menace. So, yeah, sorry, both Phantom of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though R2 doesn't really show up until the end of uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. He's right. asleep for most of Force Awakens. Well, they show him at La- the beginning. Lazy of the movie, fuck. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> His best friend's gone. What are you going to do? Yeah. But, but well, in, in Solo, I thought. L3's death, I think, was the one that hit me the hardest, like, and Lando's response wow. to it. I mean, yeah, just because they had Donald Glover, like, responding to her death, like, he lost a lover, which was yeah. weird, kind of, like, implications of, like, a black man as pansexual <laughs> in a major motion picture, I'm like, well, there's not implications. That. Uh, oh, no, I mean, they okay, came yeah. right out and said it. Yeah, but, I mean, that's still, it's still a problematic kind of thing yeah. to do you know what i mean so i was like all right i guess that can happen but that's but, a, but that's how they get around like having you know them having an actual gay character right is they're like oh it's a droid and there's no social stigma against a person and a droid you know as much as there is against like two dudes fucking or something like that yeah but like would there still be that problem in a galaxy far far away like i don't well, know but i feel like that's how they're trying to get around navigating oh, that okay. you know in in terms of mass appeal to the to our public, not the Star Wars fair, you know, in universe kind of thing. Fair. I don't really worry about our public anymore because, oh, like, yeah. fuck them. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, fucking burn it all down. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the one thing I was really happy with L three is that she got to become part of the Falcon in the end. I did like that actually. That was pretty interesting because they make that sideways reference that C three PO is yeah. like it's speaking a weird language or something like yeah, that. It's, like, it's I've got the line copied. It's uh, sir, I don't know where your ship learned to communicate, but it has the most peculiar dialect. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought I was like when when they plugged her in, like my brain was like, I think they make a reference to that in the original trilogy. I had to go look it up. Yeah, it's in it's in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, or no, uh, I can't remember. It's Jedi or Empire, but yeah, it was Empire. Yeah, my yeah. Sorry, it is Empire. Yeah, but yeah, I thought that was kind of nice. Like it's a nice like they did enough call forward stuff that I was like, and that was a pretty subtle call forward Mm because like how many people are picking that up kind of thing like on first viewing. I know a bunch of nerds were like immediately like throwing it all over Reddit because. That's what we do now. They're but. the ones that have seen, you know, that watch Empire Weekly or something like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, God, I can't remember the last time I sat through those movies. It's probably before Force Awakens came out. Yeah, I think me too. So, you you mentioned Dryden Voss a little bit. I was pretty happy with him as a villain. I thought he was kind of like an unpredictable villain, which is not something, and and sort of like a maybe a little bit off his kilter kind of villain. And yeah. normally in Star Wars, we get these like pretty restrained and in control kind of villain. So that was an interesting switch. I was, I, I'm not a big Paul Bettany guy. I think I have lingering issues with him having married Jennifer Connelly or something. <laughs> I don't know exactly what jealousy. the problem is there. Could be jealousy. Probably <laughs> is jealousy mostly. So like, I'm not, I, I, I'm indifferent towards Paul Bettany. This is the first time where I was like, Oh wait, I'm enjoying Paul Bettany. Cause he's very menacing. So I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it was a presence. Yeah. He did a good job in this one. I'm like, why can we have a little bit more of that personality in the fucking vision? Cause <laughs> In, Ugh, in, in a robot, you want more character? Well, they've, they've given him more character in the books. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like he's he's pretty dial tony in the in the movie so far. Fair enough. Maybe when they bring him back to life in the next movie, they'll have to you know <laughs> make him a little angry or something. Yeah. Either way, no, I I quite enjoyed. What the fuck was the guy's name? I can't Dry, remember. Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss. Yeah. I thought he was great. I thought it was well acted. I thought his motivation, which was pretty much just being him a, being a crazy person, yeah. was well played. Yeah. I enjoyed his like really creepy fucking relationship with Amelia Clark, like the Kira character. Yeah, like, that it was, was super unsettling. It was super fucking gross to watch. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. No, I thought he did a great job. Like, that's the thing. I don't think anybody did a bad job in this movie. Like, I think everybody did like an admirable, at least job. an okay job. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, I don't, I didn't have any problems. Even like the the little the little ginger rebel girl, like Enfys uh, uh, Enf- Nest. That was the next one that I want to talk about. Is her and her yeah. sort of crew. Yeah, I was like, that was cool too. I had no, I have no fucking reference for that when she pulled her helmet off and it was just like a little gin- redhead girl. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, mm-hmm. it was kind of one of those movies where it was one of those scenes where I wish like you lived in the GTA or I lived in Atlanta so we could have gone to see it together. And I could have been like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Uh, well, I was she's fucking clueless. She's a brand new character, as far as I know. I don't think oh, she's okay. ever really existed anywhere else. Yeah, I think she's just. Yeah, as far as I can tell, she's created just for this movie. So there's no real backstory or anything known for her besides sort of what she tells them on whatever on that uh, refinery planet. Okay. So, but yeah, I thought it was her crew. Her and her crew were an interesting addition. That. You, again, it was a nice like little bait and switch where you know you think that she's just like, a pirate or marauder or whatever, but in the end, you find out that she's kind of working for the rebellion or the nascent rebellion. Anyway, yeah, they're not they don't really call it out as the rebellion, but it is coming, obviously. So, but yeah, I thought that that added uh, a fair amount, like more dimension to the story. Like you know, first we had just like the good crooks that were stealing from the bad crooks kind of thing. Yeah. But now we've got this other element that muddies the waters a little bit more. And I did think she, I thought the, uh, the lady, when she drew the circle and like did the, whatever it is, the rising dawn mm-hmm. logo, Crimson, or whatever, I thought Crimson she was going to draw Crimson Dawn. Sorry. I thought she was going to draw the fucking rebellion logo for a second there. And I was like, Oh, okay. I know. I, mm. I kind of get what's going on a little bit more than, Wait, Whatever, the, but they, the rebellion wouldn't have been the ones that came and fucking cut out their tongues and shit. No, but I thought like that was going to be like we we have a new movement or something oh, okay. like that going yeah. on. I, I was, I don't know, maybe I was kind of half tuned out because at that point in the movie, I was like, this is going on a long time. Yeah. That last <laughs> sequence, I was like, all right, it's we're. That was my only problem was like that middle sequence, like after the, the after they leave the, Kessel. Um, well, after the Kessel run, which was really cool. Yeah. Right, like that was a fucking awesome sequence. Like it lags for like. 10 minutes before it kind of 10 15 minutes before it gets to the real conclusion mm-hmm. and it's like all right it's just like a bunch of people standing around threatening each other and talking to each other and i'm like maybe we should just get to the shooting part <laughs> of all this yeah now so that was my only real criticism about the movie is like that section where i was like they introduced all these cool characters and concepts but like nothing's happening kind yeah. of thing it's just like we're waiting for them to show up so ooh tense ooh tense but it goes on for 20 minutes and it's like Let's just wrap this thing up, guys. I got to pee real bad. (laughs) Uh, Well, now you're hitting on uh, sort of writing points. And so let's let's take a little bit and talk about writing and tone. I thought overall the tone of this movie felt a lot more like the original trilogy. In particular, they nailed that the humor level of that original trilogy and sort of style and tone. I thought really, really well. Yeah, it was less like one of my big problems with Last Jedi was like the really like forced modern kind of comedy style that they threw into the movie out of mm. nowhere like the weird like the fucking call waiting joke like yeah five seconds into it where i was like are you are we doing this now like are we actually doing a who's calling fucking bit in a star wars movie <laughs> but like 
all the all the jokes like and that's the thing it's it's the same thing as rogue one where it's just like it felt more in line with those original yeah. like that worn in lived in future they've done such a better job in these movies like in the story the side story movies than they have in the, the new saga movies of yeah. making you feel like yeah things are shit all the time in this universe kind of thing like the empire's got a fuck like it's just like a bunch of jackbooted thugs like who are standing on everybody's necks all the time and like Mm-hmm. there's you know fucking mass genocides happening on some weird planets and all this kind of stuff like, like there are lots of lots of strong nazi imagery too you know, oh yeah especially at the beginning <laughs> of the movie so yeah definitely no that was like i enjoyed the shit out of it so yeah. like i can't bitch about too much but there was some stuff where like the humor was better it's just yeah it was just really that laggy point at the end where i was like yeah like from them getting to the planet and like starting the refinery process to them like really like Everybody showing Everything up and hitting shit the head happening. with yeah. boss getting there and yeah 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 yeah, and then, yeah. Like, finally then fucking meeting Maul and stuff like that like the, at that point I forgot I had to pee like when the, <laughs> when the, you know when the Sith Lord showed up I was like oh shit I don't have to no, pee anymore because I just yeah. peed. I think I just peed myself actually, <laughs> yeah. more than anything but. well the one thing that I thought uh, and I think that I liked this in the Last Jedi was the amount of subversion that went into it and there was a fair amount of subversion that went in here like a lot of like bait and switch kind of stuff or subversion of past or a, like established star Wars kind of tropes. Han still shot first though. So <laughs> fucking right. Yeah. I, I didn't even, I thought somebody else had shot him cause I was not expecting yeah. them to go that way. Yeah. But when he had a fucking hole in his chest, I was like, I didn't even shot. thought of it that way. Like, yep. Han, Han shot first. That's, that was yeah, great. He didn't even, That's didn't even question. He just shot him. I was like, yeah. to the point where I was like, who shot him? Like it wasn't Han, was it? And then yeah. Han's got the blaster and I was like, Oh sweet, he shot first. Yeah. Fucking right, like he got the character <laughs> right. Finally, yeah. You know, and, and as well, like when you when they uh, dump him into that that pit with Chewbacca, like uh, yeah. right away, you're thinking like, oh, they're feeding him to a rancor, like they did the yeah. kind of thing. And then you start hearing Chewie's uh, cries yeah. and vocalization, vocalization and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, the I really I think the the one that I liked the most was the first Sabak game because we all yeah. know that Han yeah. won the Falcon from Lando. And so we're like, okay, great. We're going to fucking get to see that, you know, like half an hour into this movie kind of thing. And then Han just fucking flat out loses because Lando cheats. Yeah. So that was nice. And then obviously later on he wins. Well, wins by stopping Lando from cheating again. Hey, he won fair and square. He, he did. won the game. Yeah. And he got his baby. So there you go. <laughs> uh, and then the other sort of the tropes that it really spun in his heads were in every like Star Wars movie, we get the like. I have a really bad feeling about this moment. Yes. Whereas here we get the, I have a really good feeling about this. I hope they stick with that. If they do a trilogy of these, like everyone, he gets to like, I've got a really good feeling about this guy. It's like, that would be great until he says that at the beginning of the third one. And then at the end, he's like, I got a real bad feeling about this. Yeah. Like that's the end kind of thing. So, yeah. And then the other one that was so much fun was on, again, on that uh, refinery planet where they're looking at like the busted up fucking Falcon and Lando says to Han, I hate you. And yeah, Han says that was really good. And Han says, I know. I know. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I love like and that's one as well that, uh, like, one, that maybe not everybody Yeah, maybe not everybody would have gotten, but like I laugh my ass off at that one. Yeah, I had a good time with that one. That was funny <laughs> as fuck. In terms of writing beats, I fucking love the droid rebellion on Kessel that L three like instigates. Yeah. That was so. It was much a good fun. action sequence. I had a fun time with that action sequence. Yeah, like, it was it like was... chaos. Well, that's yeah, and that's like where anarchy. Han thrives, right? Is like yeah. he just gets into these chaotic situations and he just like rides them out, kind of thing. 
yeah, just kind of escapes by the skin of his fucking teeth a lot of the time too. Like they very much did. Yeah, so. well, he just he just seems to be like able to like see the see the way out. You know, yeah. and just instantly has really good instincts for that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, that whole sequence, I agree, was really really well done. They like both big action. Like, well, I guess there's two. Those are the two big action sequences where it's like, I mean, I guess you can kind of like there's the train sequence at the beginning and then like the rebellion slash Kessel run mm-hmm. kind of at the end are the two big like action set pieces. And both of them were handled very well. So like, I could give a lot of props to Ron Howard. Like, he fucking crushed directing these action sequences. Yeah. And I'm assuming he reshot all that shit anyway. Like I'm just assuming most of the movie was reshot by Ron Howard and he fucking crushed it. So yeah, if he wanted to just do solo movies with Ron Howard going forward, just give him the fucking keys to the car <laughs> and let him drive. Cause yeah, absolutely. I was happy with the way this turned out. So yeah, I can only see it being better if he came in and did like from the beginning of the process was there the whole time. Yeah, I can't see it getting worse having Ron Howard involved. You know what I mean? The guy's a masterful storyteller. So yeah, sign me up. We for more. doubted him. <laughs> I never doubted that he would be able to do like a good movie. I was just like, this is not a situation that I would want to land in if I was. Yeah, you know what I mean. Period. Him, I, I guess. Yeah. So. I'm not surprised he pulled it out of his fucking hat, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. There so. there were so many like good moments that you could tell, like that he clearly had a massive hand in. Like mm-hmm. uh, the one that jumps into my head is that like moment where we get Han and Chewie in their like seats in the cockpit for the first yeah. time, just looking at each other and like sort of that somewhat knowing, like maybe a little bit meta glance, like this just kind of yeah. feels right or whatever. Well, just like even the, to the point where like Kira like is in there trying to do shit and like Chewie just is able to like yeah. knows his way around it. And she's just like, how about you just sit down? And they finally sit down together. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I've been waiting the whole goddamn movie for the yeah. two of them to sit next to each other in the cockpit of the Falcon. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't realize I was waiting for it. But when they finally got the two of them plunked down next to each other, I was like, all right, I'm home. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not to steal a fucking quote from another movie. But like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, Chewie, we're home. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you have anything else in terms of like story or writing or anything that? really jumped out no i just i thought they actually i thought it was like i mean it was tropey but like i thought they did a pretty good job of like yeah telling me like han's origin for the most part like mm-hmm. i was totally happy with the way most of it is like i there i mean we could argue about the fridging stuff which is awkward for two white straight guys to argue about mm-hmm. but like yes there was some issues with them like killing female characters kind of yeah to make motivational situations for other people but yeah which was problematic and then like the whole lando pansexual thing i was like mm, that's kind of awkward but <laughs> i mean whatever i don't know yeah. I, like what am i supposed to say about it i guess but fair enough uh the last couple things i want to touch on before we get into our usual gripes is more more on the production post-production kind of side first off the effects i thought were amazingly done i think it's probably a testament to the story and the characters that we're talking about the effects so far down this list mm-hmm. um, and part partially just because we expect them to be amazing knowing That's... like what Lucasfilm is capable of. Well, it's a 2018 Disney yeah. star Wars movie. Like if it didn't look as good as, well, at least as good as infinity war, I'd be like, what the fuck are they doing? And <laughs> yeah. I, they did a pretty good, like everything looked comp together really nicely. I hadn't seen any, I'm usually really mindful for bad effect shots and stuff like that. Like my eye just goes to them for yeah. whatever reason. I didn't see too much where I was like, this looks like shit. Yeah. Like, actually, not at all. There's a couple shots of, like, the Falcon with, like, the big Cthulhu monster thing yeah, at the end where I was like, some of that looks a little... That looked a little cgi for my taste yeah. in some spots just because, like, it's a big fucking monster creature. So it's eventually going to have that kind of sheen to it that's unnatural. But other than that, I was like, 
looks as everything it looks as good as everything else like there was no effect like on the level of thanos or anything like that but everything else worked for me even that that weird crepuscular lady at the beginning that like yeah. they opened the window lady, on lady proxima which was like obviously all practical for the most part it looked like and yeah. it looked fucking awesome like all the makeup effects and shit were spot on in this movie yeah i want to call out the pro- practical effects and uh i've talked about this on the past past two star wars well the I guess on all of them, but the I I love how much they're going back to practical effects because it really does work, and that's part of why this feels so much like you know a classic Star Wars movie. And I thought that it was really seamless the way that they blended the practical and CGI effects together it worked really yeah. really well for me. The one that really jumped out at me was that uh, coaxium blast on the mountain at like the end of the train chase. That one was I thought particularly impressive, where it just blows off the fucking mountaintop. Yeah. That would look. That looked really cool. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how they fucking that. Like it looked practical. Yes, yeah. I guarantee you it was not. But yeah. like it looked really good. So yeah, like good particle physics and all that kind of everything matted well. I was like, oh, all right, you guys are fucking crushing the effects right now. Because like that was the sequence where I was like, if they're gonna jank out and cheap out on effects, it's gonna be in the opening action yeah. action sequence. Not in the, yeah, not in the yeah, and the, I didn't see any problems with that at all. No. So I was. Very happy with that. I think this is a movie that's totally fucking worth seeing in 3D. I didn't really notice the 3D too, too much. I don't tend to notice the 3D a lot. I did see it in 3D, yeah. but it's not like I don't really care about 3D one way or the other. So, yeah, I guess if you were really paying attention to it, it with, probably was worth it. I just know, with like the space battles and like the, again, that like train sequence where you've got yeah. like stuff coming straight at you, that kind of thing. I thought it was really, there were a lot of moments where I thought the 3D added a lot of depth to it. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't I just didn't notice it as much as like I just I tend not to notice the 3D anymore. I'm not sure if like my eyes just don't pick it up properly after or a little while or something. Most or... things in 3D now, so well, I kind of have to because like everything everything that shows up at that Ultra AVX that I go to that I like down the street from yeah. me is always kind of in 3D. Like I see everything in 3D for yeah, not because I want to, just because I kind of end up having to because that's where I can reserve seats and shit. And yeah, I like being able to pick my spot and. It felt kind of yeah. It felt kind of weird for me not seeing Deadpool two in three D because like I've seen so many of those other comic book movies. I don't know 3D. that I don't remember if it was, if I saw it in three D either. No, it wasn't. They Deadpool were wasn't it. released showing... in three D. Deadpool. 2 oh, was it? Okay, then I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't think that movie would have been fucking benefited from three D that much. Yeah, one way or the other. I mean, maybe the fucking the parachute sequence would have been pretty. Yeah, actually, that would have been really fucking gross <laughs> having all that shit spit out at you. Yeah, so. <laughs> the wood chipper. Yeah. Oh God, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't need to. I, yeah, I definitely the, don't need to see the that. Shatterstar on the fucking helicopter. Uh, that was uh, blades. Oh man, that movie. <laughs> Fuck. And the last thing uh, before we get into gripes, a couple notes real quick on music. I wasn't crazy about the new music that they brought in for this movie, but I fucking loved how they incorporated the classic cues. Yeah, I like I liked hearing the classic stuff. The score was like I didn't notice it, so it didn't. Yeah. Which it wasn't really impactful. Which, which means nothing to me at yeah. that at this point because like I haven't heard a good like iconic score in a long time. Like even the Avengers score, I'm like I don't really like their the big themes in the Marvel movies. Like I don't care. There's some I like. There's some I don't. Yeah, like I'm just not that interested in yeah. scores that much. So like I'm way more like usually the score. I'm like you're washing out the fucking sound design. I want to hear the actual sound design. Yeah, and the score tends to wash that out, which I is something that I find a little annoying occasionally. But mm-hmm. I thought that it was fine. Like it was serviceable. Yeah. And, detract or you know add anything for me so. yeah the, i thought that they use those classic cues pretty sparingly uh, which worked to their advantage like you get that swell of the main star wars like theme or fanfare or whatever when we first lay eyes on the falcon for instance yeah that yeah. was 
that like that just obviously has such a resonance with people so like it really gets you know you feel the fucking like hair stand up on your arm kind of thing yeah all right anything else that you want to gush about before we gripe a bit more no 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 can't think of anything offhand all right i'll start gripes then since you are you already let out a couple that that i kind of do agree with well i agree with uh yours like there was some like really just convenient stuff with how with han's sort of development not necessarily in terms of his character development but in terms of his accoutrements and like his name was the one that really stuck out to me like i was like okay that's a little fucking corny they're like oh i have a tribe okay on solo yeah and roll credits yeah pretty much (laughs) i was like all right What the one? Sorry, you know what I did? I I did want to shout out. I I did I did forget something. The shower scene. Yes, which just gave <laughs> every slash fiction writer in the history of time the biggest fucking boners. Yeah, ever yeah. when he walked into the shower with them. Could we like, not hey, have done this one at a time? Yeah, I was just I lost my fucking mind. I was like, that is awesome. Yeah, best joke in the movie. But that was like best non Lando joke in the movie. Country <laughs> Mile. I don't know. Actually, the, it might have been the best joke. I love I love like, the L three one where uh, Lando or somebody asks L three what there's anything that they can get for, and she said she just immediately says free will. Oh yeah, that was good. <laughs> just fires did, it like, right the, out. There's a the little moment between her and Kira too, where she's calling Kira out on being in love with Han. Yeah, but then she's like, it works. She's yeah, yeah. I was like. That's fucking funny. I don't know why that <laughs> struck me as so funny, but that was pretty funny. Yeah. Sorry, I totally derailed this on <laughs> gripes with more shit that I enjoyed out of this movie. So, like, really, like, I yeah. enjoyed the shit out of it. Go see the fucking movies. So. Yeah, definitely. The one we talked a little bit about that sequence with like the Maw and that like Cthulhu like space squid kind of thing. Yeah, that felt a little bit tacked on to me. Yeah, I don't think it needed like the Kessel Run didn't need a beastie chasing yeah. after them. You know what I mean? Like it should have just been like it's a fucking dangerous goddamn flight to take. Yeah, like they so, just like, get stuck in the in the mar or whatever, and then they yeah. have to get out of it, kind of thing. Like, that would have been enough for me. I didn't need a monster there, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a Star Wars movie. You're gonna get a fucking monster, big fucking space monster. Well, the thing is, like that just brings me back to like one of the worst fucking sequences in Phantom Menace, that submarine chase. Yeah, well, they did. They, they did the same. Like it jumps out of the darkness too. Yeah, uh, as yeah. they did in Phantom Menace, which I was like, interesting reference, boys. Because yeah. out of all the movies, I have the the most like direct memory of Phantom Menace because I watched it ninety five fucking trillion times the first two <laughs> weeks it was out. Yeah, because you were at working. the theater. Yeah, and they had somebody in the theaters for like the first week. Yeah, so Make- like it was always, and I was an usher. Like that was my job. So they're like, well. You're here. You want to go watch Star Wars again? I'm like, not in the goddamn slightest. Like, fucking shit. I'm like, All right. I guess I'm watching Star Wars again. Fuck. At least you got to watch that lightsaber battle battle over and over. I did. Yeah. Which I it's not even my favorite lightsaber duel anymore. So like, I don't know. It's a good one. Yeah. Throne, the throne room one in the in Last Jedi, I give to. That's true. It's like the best choreographed one out of the bunch. And if you're just going by like lights, like lightsaber gets turned on and used on people. Rogue One, the end of Rogue One, is mm-hmm. like. I go back and watch that just that sequence every once in a while because I just get like a big, big yeah. I want to say a charge, just like a big fucking nerve boner from yeah. it. Like he fucking sparks that lightsaber. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, this. I'm is here for this. Yeah, yeah. Fuck them That's up, the, Vader. Yeah, just kill them all. Kill them all. <laughs> like they're supposed to be the heroes. Yeah. No, I want Vader to fucking wipe them out. Let's do this thing. I don't care about continuity. You can fucking kill Leia. Kill every last one. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm done. I'm in. Nice. They don't see fucking Vader massacring people. Yeah. So. We talked a little bit about how they kind of 
fridged a little bit Val and L3. I think that part of that is just that I was so I'm still pretty raw from Vanessa and Deadpool 2 that I was a little more sensitive to that than I maybe would have been otherwise. But it also just struck me that they, they killed off some like three of the most interesting characters that I would have really liked to have seen more with. I would have liked to have seen more with Rio. I think I could have seen more with L3 and Val. All of those characters I was left wanting more from. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe not. Even Beckett, like, I know he made it to the end of the movie for the most mm-hmm. part, but like, that's definitely, I like having Woody Harrelson in that sequel would have definitely sold a ticket to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, so. the other thing that was kind of striking to me, and maybe this is they're trying to send a message or it was on purpose, but the three character or uh, the at least two of the characters, Rio and Val, are kind of the, the most like, more or the least morally ambiguous of that crew Mm -hmm. you know beckett's the one that survives the longest and he's the biggest fucking scumbag of them all kind of thing but man woody harrelson god damn he's good in that fucking movie and then my last gripe is just superficial is that the other fucking wookies that that chewy runs into on kessel look like fucking weird sasquatches like why is he the only one that has hair on his whole face and they look more like like fucking like gorillas and I didn't look that closely at them, so I'd have. Well, I'll have to. Re- I've only seen it once, so I'll have yeah. to rewatch it. So that that one, it that was one that just like jumped out at me. You talk about like how you know your eye gets drawn to like weird effects and shit like that. Like that yeah. one was a weird one for me. Is like, eh, they look kind of fucking janky. Yeah, usually, usually when it's like costume stuff, I don't notice too much because like that's not that's outside my like brain giving a shit about. But it's the CGI where I'm always like, yeah, I see that shit really bad because I am partially like. I know a lot about that process. So like I, when I see bad compositing or I see bad CGI, I'm like, oh fuck guys, come on. But <laughs> yeah, it was a star Wars movie. I wasn't expecting to see much of it, regardless of like how bad the script was, you know, those ILM guys are just going to fucking crush everything they do. So, mm-hmm. and they had a busy, they got a busy fucking summer this year. Cause they didn't fit like most of infinity wars, heavy lifting. Yeah. Uh, they did a big, like they did all the star Wars stuff. And I think they're, they're the primary house on Jurassic world too. So. Shit. Wow, yeah. That's a, they got a busy fucking house right now. So. Yeah, absolutely. I guess you're out, you're owned by the mouse, you know what I mean? Like they probably tripled up the uh the yeah, staff the staffing at that place. Yeah. So. And they still didn't hire me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before Mark gets too salty about that fact, <laughs> why don't we just move on to just uh just final thoughts. What what would you tell people? What what would your rating be on uh on solo out of ten? I give it an eight point five. Yeah. I guess totally solid. That was great. Uh, I had a fucking blast with it. I I mean, any gripes I have with it are, like, very minor compared to, like, the amount of fun I was having, like, watching Donald Glover just, like, chew every bit of scenery he was in. <laughs> Amelia Clark, just who is rock stunning. those fucking capes. Oh, God, he was just crushing. And the, the fact that they make a joke about how many capes he has, like, it's just so... Like, they're making out in his, cl- in his cape closet. I was like, that's fucking awesome. And, he has a closet that is exclusively capes. And that's he's all it. he's all upset that they're that uh, Kira's trying to put out a fire with one with a custom piece. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good, <laughs> man. Uh yeah, like Donald Glover crushed it. Like I was I was happy with everybody else. I, I'm always there for Woody Harrelson. I will sit in front of any screen that Amelia Clark is on just to look at her ninety percent of the time. And I thought she did she was okay. I, I, I think I just, I saw the, her betrayal coming way too early. So yeah. it kind of took it away from, I was like, yeah, she's going to fucking turn on him. Like, this is the kind of movie where the, the hot girl turns on the hero. That's just what happens. So yeah, that's unfortunate, but still, Ooh, those necklines, this one. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. She's got some real push up bra magic happening here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She looked good. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty much in line with Mark. I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. It was a nice, a nice break from the saga movies. I think yeah. I would probably sit 
I'll probably say eight and a half, maybe even a nine out of ten, right in that that yeah. that area there. Again, it's not doing so well in the box office right now, but I strongly fucking recommend that you go see this if you're I agree. on the fence yeah. about it. I would especially recommend it to people that were unhappy with Last Jedi. You know, the, they were like, this is so different. This isn't my Star Wars anymore. Those people, even though I don't necessarily agree with you, this is your fucking Star Wars. Go see it. I think, uh, too, like, if you were a big Rogue One proponent, the yeah. way I was, like, I was, a, I had a big fucking heart on for Rogue One, still do. If you're if you're in the same kind of mind space I am, where, like, maybe the side story movies are a little bit more enjoyable to you than the, the saga movies, absolutely run out and see this. It it felt like, it felt in a lot of ways like Rogue One. Like, it had that, that scummy side of the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. that I'm just 100% in for now, yeah. so... I would argue that this even feels like if you're looking for something that has that flavor of the original trilogy, that this is that this is more so even than yeah. Rogue One. It gives yep. that gives you that like real feeling and and also just I mean, even though Rogue One was like directly led into episode four and a new hope, there's not that much connectedness to other aspects of the Star Wars universe. This has massive amounts of connections and references and Easter eggs and shit like that. So this is a movie that I think is really made for, you know, those original trilogy Star Wars fans. Yep. Agreed. All right. Well, with that, I think we shall end this particular venture into a galaxy far, far away and say, thank you everybody for listening. And if you would like to give us your thoughts on solo, you can do so on our various social media outlets. We can be contacted on Facebook at Facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast can reach us at email. Our email address is dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. If you are not already, you can subscribe to the podcast on shout engine, Stitcher, the Google play store, Apple podcasts, pretty much anywhere that you can get your podcast from. And if you like this and like what we're doing, then give us a rating, give us a share, recommend us to your friends, because that's how we get more listeners. And more listeners means we feel less like we're screaming into the void <laughs> and more like we're, you know, got, got a Fostering real... Fostering a community or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Fostering a community. We love interacting with the, the people that do interact with us. We'd love to have more people to interact with. And the more people we get, the more legitimate we feel. And then maybe we can do some cool shit like uh i don't know like go to cons together or something like that we'll talk about that more later yeah we got to talk about that at some point so <laughs> there's there's some spoilers for you right yeah there. maybe we'll save that announcement for uh episode when christy's back yeah well, well christy's back too yeah like, it would be yeah. nice to have so. all of us there so because you know she's gonna just gush about how crazy you are really <laughs> yeah so. that was a fun night yeah <laughs> all right it was well, an entertaining evening <laughs> with that Thank you, you guys, for listening. Say goodnight, Mark. Goodnight, guys. May the force be with you. Except not really in this movie. We don't really get any no, force not really. in this movie. But, uh, no. Still Star Wars. Yeah. Well, we'll just say this, Mark. I love you. I know. Have a good night, guys. <laughs>